0: Welcome to another installment of Technically It Is Real here on North Coast Underground and on Spotify. I want to say happy holidays to everybody that is listening. I want to say thank you for listening to the show throughout this year and throughout the journey. You know how we do it here on TIR. We keep it R-E-A-L 100% real. So just sit back, relax, grab some eggnog and some gingerbread cookies and enjoy the show because this is Technically It Is Real. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Technically It Is Real. I am your host, Tyrell Jackson. This is a special edition of Technically It Is Real. Usually we do this on Saturdays at 10 a.m., but because of the holiday, we pushing this thing up to Thursday at 4 p.m., and I want to say welcome to the show. Again, I am your host, Tyrell Jackson, and we got a lot of things to discuss about we got things to talk about, like we got to talk about the NFL Week 17 that is coming up. You know how we got to do it like that, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, we're going to do it big here on this show. We also got this week in sports history. We're going to do a couple of uh, days off of that and everything like that. We also got John Madden, his passing. We're going to talk about John Madden. We're going to talk about that. We You know how we're going to get into the whole John Madden thing. But also, we also going to get into Jobber of the Week. Now, for my new people, Jobber of the Week is very simple. You just got to be the biggest idiot Known to man in the world of anything. Just in the world in general. You just got to stand up above the rest, above everybody else. And today, today, Jobber of the Week is plainly simple. This idiot tried to go off on Twitter right after John Madden passed away. That is that none other than a guy named Dr. Andrew McGregor. This jabroni, this bum tried to deface and dethrone and just completely disrespect John Madden. It was absolutely egregious, absolutely atrocious. This man tried to capitalize off of John Madden's death to put out some crappy tweet online. And since since the moment he had put that out, um, he decided to take everything down like a bum that he is. But guess what? When you send something on the Internet, ladies and gentlemen, guess what happens? It stays on the internet. Duh! So anyway... Let's talk about it. We're going to break this down because obviously people took screenshots. Obviously, this has been put in articles because it achieved exactly what he was going after. Or this scumbag just really just really thought this way and was like, yeah, I'm going to use John Madden's death as a way to to capitalize and get my political views across and everything like that. Like, you shut up, you bum. So we're going to break this down by each section. We're going to break this down. Let's start off with the first thing. This is actually his quote. I have a lot of opinions, a lot of opinions on John Madden. The creation of the Madden video game was not a great development for the United States. It further glamorized violence and dehumanized black athletes, helping to establish plantation cosplay that has grown worse in the era of fantasy football. What? What are you saying? What is this? Let's break this down. I have a lot of opinions on John Madden. The creation of Madden video games was not a great development for the United States. The Madden video game franchise, yes, has fallen off in recent history. I would say the last great Madden was Madden 12, to be honest. But, I mean, come on. Madden, the Madden franchise is the greatest franchise of football games of all time. And yes, people say ESPN, NFL 2K5 is the greatest football game of all time. And, and there's that third. And I will have no arguments on that whatsoever. But the Madden franchise is literally the greatest thing is or is one of the greatest things to ever happen in video gaming history. There is no doubt about it. You somebody point me to where? Somebody point me to another football franchise and the video game that is better than the Madden franchise. To sit back and say that it glamorizes violence. one, you can sit back and say football is a violent sport, whatever it may be. Who the hell cares? People sign up to play football. You know the risk that comes with football. And us people watching it know the risk of watching football, which is we're going to see somebody get hit. Congratulations. That's what we want to watch. You know what I'm saying? Glamorizes violence. Dehumanize black athletes. Um, Black athletes love the fact that they can go on Madden. Black athletes love it. How's it dehumanizing black athletes and all this other stuff? Like, I don't I don't get this man's philosophy behind this. Like, you just sound like a complete idiot when you say things like this. Like it dehumanizes black athletes. What? Established plantation cosplay. What are you talking about? See, this that BS that they go around and try to be, oh, I'm woke. I'm this, I'm that. You know, oh, I'm going to show everybody on the death of one of the greatest legends to ever exist in the game of football, both on the field and off the field. And this is his time for him to strike and show everybody my might. Yeah. Get out of here with that bull. Get out of here with that bull. But we got more because because, you know, he, he has to keep going because 240 characters because what it used to be like 180 or something like that and then they extended it to 240 but for this guy to prove his point 240 characters is not enough for this idiot 240 characters is not enough he continues to go on to say the video game distance the reality of the violent sport from fans and the transformation and the transformed human behaviors into artificial numbers and simulation it glamorizes athletes using their names for profits while encouraging fans to disregard the humanity Madden built a digital plantation. Come on. Let's break this down as well. The video game distant the reality of the violent sports, violent sport from the fans. It distanced the reality. Madden was built madden was built all right so this segment gets cut short because of a power outage that happened in the middle of the live event so as i was talking about it as i was ranting about it the power went out twice and it took about 15 to 20 minutes for the computers to reboot so it stopped everything and the only way that i got any evidence of the rant continuing on was i was recording off of facebook live so i just want you all to know that i really didn't cut it off in short or just be like hey what happened to the rest of the rant?" it's because the power went out and there's no way to recover that audio thank you all for understanding and going right back to the show now welcome back to the show it is technically it is real so everything kind of just went south here at the studio the power went out in the middle of the show Uh, So that was fun That was excellent And uh, you guys kind of had missed the end of my rant But welcome back to the show nonetheless um, just a couple of quick announcements before we move on. You can listen to the replay of the show on Spotify. Just type in Technically It Is Real. Also type in Technically It Is Real on Google Podcasts as well. It is also on there. Also, we'll be doing, uh, like I said, you can join us on NorthCoastUnderground.com. Just hit the Listen Live tab and hit North Coast Underground to listen to the show in its live entirety, which you would have had a fantastic time hearing the show go off the air out of Thin air out of nowhere But we this is how we do things We're going to improvise and everything like that, like that Like I said, the last song was Don't Stop By Cleveland Group RMG Welcome back to the show um, So look, we're going to uh, jump right into John Madden, we're going to talk about the whole John Madden Thing, I went on a whole rant about John Madden uh, I know the the people on North Coast Underground Kind of missed that rant, the people on Spotify kind of Missed that rant a little bit um, These guys going to get cut off Unabruptly, un- but the guys at Jabroni The guy's a bum. Andrew, Dr. Andrew McGregor, doctor, whatever the hell his name is, bum. Fake kneel down and all this stuff. That means you got blown out 112 to nothing against your brother, whatever it may be. Um, Anyway, so John Madden 103 wins as a coach in the NFL. He had never had a losing season. Uh, The two most famous games that John Madden actually was the head coach in, uh, as a lot of you people know, the Immaculate Reception happened way back in 1973, I want to say. Um, that's, that's where the Franco Harris caught it off, caught off the ricochet, ran it back for a touchdown. Nobody knows if that ball actually hit the ground. Nobody knows. Raiders players say the ball hit the ground. Similar players are going to obviously say it didn't hit the ground and we have no angle of whether it actually hit the ground or not. So we'll never really know. Uh, he was also part of the. Uh, the Sea of Hand Games, it was a uh, AFC Championship game against the Miami Dolphins where they put off a win. It was like some crazy Hail Mary. It's called the Sea of Hand Games for a reason. Uh, John Madden, 16 sports Emmys. As a color commentator, the man worked for every single major um, broadcasting, everything. He, he worked for every single one. He worked for Fox. He's worked for ABC, NBC, CBS. If there was a station that actually ran a game, on their station at one point, John Madden has worked there at some point. Uh, a lot of people say his best uh, partner was him and Pat Summerall. They really complemented each other very well. And their last broadcast that they actually did together was uh, Super Bowl 36, which is actually Tom Brady's very first Super Bowl out of the seven Super Bowls that he got. That was Pat Summerall's last broadcast. And John Madden's last broadcast was back in 2008, or if you want to count the calendar year, 2009 where the Pittsburgh Steelers had beat the Arizona Cardinals and that stands on San Antonio Holmes catch that was John Madden's last uh, broadcast since then he kind of kind of stayed out of the limelight a little bit he did a little bit of uh he does he used to do the empiricists every year for, uh, for the Madden uh, tournament and everything like that. Um, like I say, he was instrumental to having simulation football here for us all. And you can say what you want to say about the Madden franchise now and um, how, how bad it's gotten over the years. And it's kind of made me mad because it's a disgrace to his name because he's absolutely demanded the best from everybody, and his name is on a product that most people don't even like no more. Um, but nonetheless, John Madden was that guy. John Madden was that guy. John Madden absolutely one of the best to ever do it both on and off the field and um look I got nothing but respect for John Madden um when I first knew about John Madden I knew about the video game series but then I also had got curious. I'm like well why is it actually named after this dude and I figured it out I'm like oh this dude's crazy like never a losing season um never never had anything you know remotely close to a losing season matter of fact he went to five AFC championship game in a seven-year span and he also won Super Bowl 11 uh he is one of the greatest of all time he is one of the best to ever do it. he is one of the best of all time um John Madden is one of those guys like I said on the Facebook live nobody has nothing bad to say about that man outside of the fact that that man could not fly the man had a huge fear of flying bad fear of flying like he had a big old tour bus and he just rode around the country and did not fly anywhere so that was like the only gripe that people had about john madden but that was because john had a phobia about it and th- that is what it is with that and even then people kind of worked around it and he always at the end of the day showed up for his job um to me his best parent was him and al michaels maybe because i grew up with more of al michaels and and um and john madden compared to john madden and um And Pat Summerall, because Pat Summerall and John Madden, they kind of bounced around from station to station once they got paired together. Also, John Madden is responsible. John Madden is responsible for the turducken, baby. And if you don't know what a turducken is, it is a turkey inside of, actually, no, it actually is a chicken and a duck and stuffing inside of a turkey. Yes, I want one. Yes, I'm getting one for Thanksgiving next year. Like, I'm getting me a turducken. I want a turducken. I've always wanted a turducken. I'm going to eat one. It's going to be delicious. So um, that's, that's John Madden. That is John Madden for you all. Um, John, John was one of the greatest to do it. Like I said, nobody had any complaints about him. Um, he helped out with the, with the Madden San uh, with the Madden franchise by sitting back and giving old playbooks to, to the EA developers. And like I said, it's the way, the way it's been going. It's like, yeah, the Madden franchise sucked. And like I said, the last Really good Madden to me was Madden 12. Like, a lot of people say after 09 it fell off. But if y'all would go back and play 10, 10 was fun. 10 was fun. 10 still had the hit stick. 10 still had, like, 10 was, like, everything, like, the at that time what was new gen, the 360 and the PS3. Like, every wrong thing that they did in 06 through 09 they got everything right in, in Madden 10. And then, on top of that, you had you still had the Madden test. You had uh, the fight for the fumble feature, which is, like, the most... It was kind of wonky how it started, you know, with that feature. But the fact that you can fight for the fumble, that was, like, something real and authentic and everything like that. Uh, like, Madden, Madden 12 was raw. Like, Madden 12 was raw. Madden 12 was, was very, very good. That's the last very good Madden. But Madden 10 was, like, the last great Madden. And then it's, like... 11 and 12 was very good, and then after 12, 13, they stripped everything, and that's when it went downhill um, for that. So um, rest in peace to one of the greatest to ever – do it, both on and off the football field John Madden, he has truly it. The news came uh, surprising to everybody And it comes days after his All Madden uh, documentary had dropped Which I have not had a chance to look at it yet But when I do get a chance to look at it uh, Whenever that it may be, you know I'm going to review it Here on the show, here on TIR So when we come back, we're going to talk about this week In sports history, we got three days today December 31st and January 1st As well, we're going to talk about The uh, Oklahoma Yeah, Oklahoma State Cowboys versus the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. We also going to get into Week Seventeen previews and how the Cleveland Browns could potentially make the playoffs. You are listening here to Technically It Is Real here on North Coast Underground. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the show, T I R. Technically It Is Real again. I am your host Tyrell Jackson. So let's get into it. This week in sports history, we're gonna just do the next three days. We're gonna do it from January, uh, not Jan. Well, January first will be the last day that we do. But we're gonna do today, uh, tomorrow, and then also January first. So. Let's first give out a birthday shout-out to LeBron James. Happy birthday to LeBron James, even though he is not the GOAT uh, that title belongs to Michael Jordan that title belongs to uh, Kobe Bryant, hey, I got that title belongs to Tim Duncan, it don't belong to B- LeBron James, but LeBron did bring us a championship so I got a sad birthday to him whatever it may be, congratulations um, so this day here in 1973 the Dolphins beat the Oakland Raiders 27-10, to 10. again John Madden was the, was the head coach for that team um, they went back to back Super Bowls, uh, real quick everybody knows about the 1972 Miami Dolphins Um, which actually on December 31st they beat the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers 21-7 the year before uh, to stay undefeated. Everybody talks about the undefeated Miami Dolphins. The undefeated Miami Dolphins is the first team in NFL history to go undefeated. No ties, no losses, no nothing. Undefeated, 17-0. Ain't got nothing to worry about. And it has been a feat that has not been touched since. The closest team that got it was obviously the New England Patriots. And we all know what happened with the New England Patriots. And I've always said about that real quick was that um, the reason why I think the Patriots never went 19-0 is because the team that they beat to go 16-0 and Was the New York Giants They had just faced the New York Giants like a month prior to that So I think that's one of the reasons why they didn't go 17-0 and And then also the helmet catch Um But Don Shula has said it himself about the 1973 Miami Dolphins that the Dolphins of 1973 was better than the 1972 team. He felt like they were a hundred times better. He felt like that team could have also went undefeated, but they had lost two games uh, in that year in total. But that's okay uh, because you can't win every single one. But yes, the Miami Dolphins advanced to their back-to-back Super Bowls and they went on to beat the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, In that Super Bowl Matter of fact, the Minnesota Vikings had beat the Washington Redskins uh, By a score of 27-10 to as well So there was that Speaking of the Washington, well now, football team Mike Shanahan fired on December 30th Five years apart He got fired by the Denver Broncos back in 2008 Then five years later, the Washington Redskins uh, Ended up firing him back in 2013 And the reason why I am comfortable saying the Redskins Because that was their name prior I have a rule on this show, because I want to put the disclaimer out there now, I have a rule on this show that if that is their name in the past, and that person was a part of that team during that name in the past, I will address them as such. So, with like, prime example, like, RG3 never played for Washington when they were the football team. RG3 played for Washington when they were called the Washington Redskins. That is a part of history, whether people like it or not, it's a part of the history, RG three is a former Redskin, not a former Washington football teamer. That's how I perceive things. The same way with the Guardians. Now I was I will always mention the Guardians, uh, former players of the now Guardians, as former Cleveland Indians because of the simple fact that they played with the organization when the team was called the Cleveland Indians. It's not to be offensive. It's not to be politically correct there's not to be anything like that those are straight hardcore facts you can't even deny for even two seconds so anyway that's why I can say or that's why I say Redskins or whatever it may be Mike Shanahan got fired by the Redskins in 2013 five years later after getting fired by the Denver Broncos and him getting fired by the Denver Broncos was huge because he had been the coach since the uh, mid-90s and got them to Super Bowls but uh, they, they couldn't do anything with Kyle Orton, and, you know, I think Jake Cutler had, was was talking about leaving in 2008, or he had just left in 2008, and they were just having bad seasons, especially after that uh, AFC Championship game that they appeared back in 2005 when they lost to the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it was way more bigger for him to get fired by the Broncos. People kind of saw the Washington thing on the wall. Like, the Redskins had a good year that first year. that It was like his first or second year that he was there. Matter of fact, that was the year – um, RG3 was his rookie year When they, when they uh, won the division uh, And then outside of that they didn't win anything else And then they kind of just sucked And they was like okay Shanahan you gotta go Also here on December 30th this happened last year As Becky Hammond became the first woman To ever coach in an NBA game uh, as the head person uh, that was at the pop got uh, ejected, they would lose to the Los Angeles Lakers 121-107. to 107. If you move to December 31st, which is New Year's Eve, uh, the Packers will win first of their five championships in a seven-year span, beating the New York Giants 37 to nothing back in 1961 as Vince Lombardi gets his vengeance on the New York Giants. And for people who don't know about Vince Lombardi's history with the Giants, Vince Lombardi used to be a assistant coach. For the new york giants matter of fact he used to be the i believe he was the offensive coordinator for the new york giants vince lombardi and tom landry were on the same coaching staff for the new york giants and he wanted that job so bad but they end up hiring somebody else so vince lombardi was able to get an opportunity to get vengeance on the new york giants beat them 37 to nothing also what happened six years later the ice bowl game happens if you are a huge football fan, you know what the Ice Bowl game is. The Ice Bowl game is arguably the most one of the most significant games in NFL history. It is it is one of the greatest games in NFL history. And how the Ice Bowl happened was Vince Lombardi, at the time, not a lot of stadiums had. Um, what, what you would call, like, heaters underneath the, the field. Like, most, stadium, most stadiums in cold weather have, like, a heat, uh, heating system underneath the field to prevent ice from building up onto the field. So uh, the Brown Stadium has it, Seattle's have it. Uh, pretty much if you're an outside team in cold weather, you have a heating system underneath your, um, your field. Well, it was one of the first ones to ever be done, and Vince Lombardi was very proud of it. He left the heat on overnight. But then something happened to the Heat and the field turned into ice. And there's an infamous moment where the Green Bay Packers were down four, uh, down 17-14 to 14 with 15 seconds left. Bart Starr goes over and he tell, asks Vince, hey, what should we do? He tells him, hey, we're going to run the ball. We're going to give the ball to Horning. We're going to run the ball. We're going to get in. Stark cuts him off and goes, no, I think we should just sneak it in. Like the, the field is slick. We can sneak it in, but I won't tell nobody. So if you go back and watch – the, the actual play happened, you can see Horning going up thinking he was going to get the handoff and all the offensive linemen were ready to block like it was a handoff because of the simple fact that, you know, they thought it was run. Matter of fact, Bart Starr went to the huddle and told him that it was a run and clearly it changed NFL history and then the the, uh, the Dallas Cowboys did not win that game. Um, that happened back in 1960. Uh, Seven, Uh, happening in 1968. The next year, the New York Jets win the AFL championship. They win their first AFL championship to advance to Super Bowl III, which is it is vital why that happened because if that does not happen, we probably don't have the one of the greatest upsets in sports history when Joe Namath guaranteed the win against the Baltimore Colts. For you people who don't know, yes, the Colts used to be in Baltimore. Um, He he guaranteed the victory. They went on to win the Super Bowl 16-7. As I mentioned, the Dolphins had beat the uh, Steelers to stay undefeated. They were going to go 17-0. Marv Levy will retire from coaching, which he was the head coach for the uh, Buffalo Bills for so long, he decided to retire in 1997, and the Buffalo Bills were never the same ever since then. Um, they're trying to still trying to recover off of that, whatever it may be. And also what happened four short years ago on December 31st. Our lovely Cleveland Browns went 0-16 when crappy Deshaun Kaiser rolled out, saved the play. I give him that. And then crappy Corey Coleman dropped the ball. Then next year he going to be on hard knocks talking about some why my prices with second reps. Hey, how about you catch a ball? How about you catch a ball first before you talk about being on the first-team reps? Uh, so, Corey Coleman dropped the ball. Uh, we lose to the Pittsburgh Steelers, go 0-16. That happened four years ago. Yes, that was a fast four years ago. And look where the Browns are at. Now we are in a way better position than we were then. But we will use that first overall pick on Baker Mayfield. And, yeah, Baker Mayfield. So, <laughs> that's all I got to say about Baker Mayfield. Uh, January 1st, not really uh, I mean, a lot of happened. It's a lot of Rose Bowls, a lot of Orange Bowls, a lot of Sugar Bowls taking place. But one of the more key Sugar Bowls happened on January 1st when Ohio State beat the Alabama Crimson Tide back in 2015 to cap off the very first college football playoffs. Ohio State will win a national championship off for that. and we all know about that Ezekiel Elliott run. That is one of the greatest runs in college football history. And even though Alabama would end up scoring again, it really had iced the game Alabama never recovered from uh from that in the game but they obviously have won multiple national championships they're probably going to win the national championship this year as well that i mean they win a national championship well who's that gonna surprise it's not gonna surprise anybody they're the best team in college football year in and year out and i don't care how many people try to hate on the the uh alabama Crimson tie you can't deny their greatness you cannot deny it i'm sick and tired of people denying greatness because they salty about stuff um you can't deny their greatness You can't deny Alabama's greatness. You can't deny Nick Saban's greatness. Nick Saban is the greatest college football head coach of all time. Alabama, this dynasty, whenever it ends, it will be regarded as the greatest dynasty in college football history. I don't think there's not a dynasty that comes close to it. I don't think there I don't think the Oklahoma dynasty. I don't think I don't think the Oklahoma dynasty. I don't think the Miami dynasty. I don't think the um the dynasty of the USC Trojans back in the early two thousands can even sniff. What has been done with Nick Saban in Alabama. And everybody in Miami get a little salty because Nick Saban left. That was the greatest thing to ever happen for Nick Saban and the Alabama Crimson Tide was Nick Saban leaving the Miami Dolphins to go coach for the Alabama Crimson Tide. That is one of the greatest things to ever happen. So that is this week in sports history. We just did three days or whatever it may be. Uh, when we come back, you know, we're going to talk about Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. You know how i got to talk about my fighting Irish. Also, we got Cleveland Browns talk. You want to stay tuned in for that. Don't change that dial. Don't hit end on that video. nowhere. we'll be right back here on Technically It Is Real after these words. Welcome back to the show, and uh, sorry about the dead air, because I thought my microphone was on, but you know, we make mistakes all the time, just gotta correct them. So uh, let's talk about Notre Dame versus Oklahoma State. You know I gotta root for my fighting Irish, as the game is tomorrow for the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. To me, that sounds weird, because I grew up on the Totino's Fiesta Bowl, and I always thought that sounded a little bit better than PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. It's like Totino's Fiesta Bowl. Totino's. Chips. Yum, know, delicious. And by the way, the scoops on them things, I love the scoops. Those are like the greatest things. Like the scoops, you know what I'm saying? You get get a bunch of them and you get the sauce and you put the sauce in the bowl, or you get the cheese dip, and then you take the scoop and then you go scoopity scoop scoop and you go crunch, crunch, crunch. I mean, I love it. Love the scoops. I think that is like one of the best inventions in the chip game. Like, hands down. There is no doubt about it. Like the scoops, the chips. You scoop it up, just, I mean, come on. I mean, who, who don't like the scoop? I mean, for real, you shouldn't even select anything else in a grocery store. But, like, the scoops change the game. And the fact that there's other options when it's the scoops is, like, the number one thing. You can literally load it up with anything. You know, if you've got some ground turkey, you know, you can ground it up real nicely and, and put it in there and put some cheese in there and maybe a little bit of salsa in there and everything like that. Like, come on. Come on, who wants the restaurant style? Who wants that? Who wants regular late who wants that stuff? It's just, hey, give me the scoops. I want the scoop. You know, anyway. But anyway, I done ran into a whole rant about scoops and everything like that. But anyway, um, you know, we gotta talk about it. Obviously Jack Cohn is gonna be starting. Uh this is a test. This is what we are going to get a little bit of preview of what Marcus Freeman can do for the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. I think he's going to do well. Obviously, there's going to be some growing pains with uh, a guy who does not have the quote-unquote experience. Uh, when it comes to being a head coach of a game but as far as uh, a leader of men a guy that can get uh get the players to play hard and play well uh, uh Marcus freeman is the right guy for that also Marcus freeman uh has led Notre Dame's defense as well and Notre Dame has um to me one of the better defenses in the nation matter of fact they had got their stuff together towards the end of the year like I just imagine like if we would have got our stuff together like in the beginning of the year if we would have had it then like it would have been cool like like bro the cincinnati better be glad that they're not facing us cuz we would beat cincinnati we would whoop on Cincinnati for sure, but uh, nonetheless we're gonna play Oklahoma State. Now, Oklahoma State is a good team; they're a really, really good team. They got um, they're they're good offensively, they're good defensively. They're ranked number nine in the nation. I don't think it's gonna be a cakewalk at all. I expect it to be a competitive game, and I'm obviously going to be biased and give it to my Notre Dame Fighting Irish for the dub, baby, no doubt about it at all. Well, it's a little bit of dog. Oklahoma this is good, but uh, nonetheless, I gotta give it to my main. I gotta give it to my main team right here, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Final score, I think. I think it's gonna be a close game, thirty-five to thirty-one. I think Notre Dame wins off of a game-winning touchdown. I think. Um, I think there's nothing else to say about it. Uh, let's talk about Alabama versus Cincinnati. Um, Alabama's number one in the nation, but obviously Cincinnati being the surprise to everybody. And I I don't think Cincinnati has gotten a lot of love because they play in the American Conference or whatever it may be. But uh, Cincinnati is walking in as the, I I believe they're the only undefeated team in these these college playoffs. I don't think because yeah, Georgia's lost uh, lost a game. Alabama's lost and uh, Michigan has lost a game as well so Cincinnati's the only team walking in undefeated and the fact that they're fourth seed I think that's total BS but they're going to have a real test against Alabama. Everybody's expecting Alabama just mop the floor off of these guys. I don't think that's the case. I think Cincinnati's good. I've seen Cincinnati play a few games. I've seen them play against my fighting Irish. I mean they're a they are a really really good team and they're a team to be reckoned with. I, I think that if Alabama goes in there, sleep, then they're gonna get knocked knocked out. They're gonna get knocked out like they're they're gonna be sleep dead. You know, um, but the the preparation that Nick Saban has and how. A constant professional Nick Saban is. Nick Saban is the Bill Belichick of college football. He's not going to let his team go in there off of menaton and just go to sleep or whatever it may be. Uh, I got to give it to Alabama, though, even though I like Cincinnati to make this competitive. But I just think Alabama, at the end of the day, is going to be too strong. But it's not going to be a blowout like everybody is – Uh, thinking that it's going to be a blowout. I got the final score going to be 28-27. to I think Cincinnati marches down the field and misses a game-winning field goal, and Alabama will move on. If we move on to Georgia and Michigan, uh, come on, I don't like the team from up north. I don't think any... Not a lot of Ohioans like the team from up north. Michigan can go suck it, if you you ask me. Like, I hate Michigan. But um, let's be real here. Let's be real here for a minute. Um, I am damn proud of Michigan at the end of the day they finally did not choke away uh a opportunity they finally won big games they finally beat o- the Ohio State and if you really think about it like Ohio State and Michigan is like the Browns and the Steelers like like we don't you know Steelers like whoop on the Browns every year and you get tired of it and we all get tired of it here when the Browns do not do anything against the uh, against the Pittsburgh Steelers. But when we get that one win, when we get that one win against the Pittsburgh Steelers, it's on top of the world. We're on top of the world. We're talking. We're loud about it. And then you got Pittsburgh fans go, well, you only beat us one time, so I don't know what you're talking about. And now the, the roles are reversed, and Ohio State fans, which most of them are Browns fans as well, They are the ones who held the bragging rights over the University of Michigan and when Michigan finally wins and it's not off of no fluke, it's not off of, oh, well, Ohio State had a down year. Ohio State can't use none of those excuses. Ohio State was a team that everybody thought was going to make the playoffs. Everybody thought Ohio State was going to make the playoffs and Michigan came into their stadium and stomped on them and beat them. Give them credit. Give them some credit, and they deserve the right to just sit there and brag and and talk about this and talk about that because they had to eat crap from us just like we got to eat crap from people in Pittsburgh every goddamn on year. Kind of in the same boat here. So, you know, I'm kind of happy for Michigan. I don't like them. Please understand that I do not like them at all, but I do feel for them. I understand. I'm a Browns fan. I mean... We get beat on by the Steelers every year. I mean, it don't matter how good we are; they we get beat every year. But it's the same way Michigan beats, gets beat by Ohio State every year. So I understand all the talking and all the excitement and all the them not shutting up about it because they've been shut. They they have shut their mouths for ten plus years. Give them their, give give them their time. I would say should beat them next year, hopefully, but we'll see um but i got michigan versus georgia outside of the alabama game georgia is the strongest defense in the nation and you cannot tell me anything different i want somebody to tell me something different right now that georgia is not the strongest defense in the league i mean in, in the nation league whatever it may be they're the strongest defense in in the nation i think they've only uh, i think it was only two games where they've given up more than 20 points Only two, maybe three at the most, but this team is absolutely phenomenal on the defensive side of the ball and there is no denying it. There is no questioning it at all. I mean, Georgia's one of the best to do it. They're one of the better teams. And I want to see Georgia win. I think Michigan winning when like I think it cheated us a little bit. I think it would cheat us. I know people are tired of SEC teams. Trust me, I'm tired of SEC teams. I think the SEC is highly overrated. But um, I think as far as, like, ratings go and as far as, like, um, uh, as far as ratings go, as far as uh, really a revenge game or something like that, I would rather see Georgia take on Alabama, and I want to see Georgia get their their opportunity to beat Alabama. But uh, we'll see about that uh, happening. Uh, I actually have Georgia actually winning this game in general uh, by final score of thirty-eight to ten. I think they hold Michigan to ten points. I think their defense does outstanding. I think their defense does well, and their offense shows up and performs and delivers like it has been. All year long uh, So those are just my quick thoughts on the college playoffs Obviously uh, my Irish did not get in But that don't matter You know what I'm saying We still got the Fiesta Bowl and everything like that Even though I wish it was called Totino so I can get some scoops But I'm probably going to buy some scoops when I get off of air um, But nonetheless you got You got to give them You got to give these guys some props You got to give Michigan some props You got to give Cincinnati props I give Cincinnati a ton of props They had everything against them Everything. They did not want to put Cincinnati in here. They didn't. They didn't. Oh, Cincinnati's part of the American Conference. They're not one of the power five. They're not this. They're not that. Look at the quality of opponents that they face. And it's like, no, you you can't deny them. And and to be honest with you, I got to say that UCF opened that door for them because UCF they got cheated out of a playoff appearance but i think that that kind of opened the door and it was like you know what let's let's give an american conference team a chance let's see what happens i i think that's fair when you go when you go undefeated you're the only undefeated team in the whole playoffs and you're ranked 4th they had a lot against them i heck I, I for a moment i thought Notre Dame was still going to jump them but you know you can't it's kind of hard to jump a team that you that you didn't beat up front but um I thought I thought for a brief moment that they might do it because the college football playoff picking committee or whatever the hell it is—they're not—they're not very fair against against non-power five teams or Notre Dame. Uh, like Notre Dame is different because because of, of the name and the history and how well we perform and everything like that. But outside of the Power Five and Notre Dame, they they really don't treat people with like anything. I mean, they did it with UCF and they they pretty much have done it with uh, with uh, Cincinnati. Um, but Cincinnati at least. It gets an opportunity to get in. And I've always said this until the game progresses, when the ball is first kicked off, it is a 50 50 game. And we're going to see how good Cincinnati really, really is. And uh, Luke Fickle has done an outstanding job, has do, done an outstanding job at the University of Cincinnati. So uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about the NFL uh, Week 17. we talk about some playoff picture and how the Browns can get into the playoffs. You are listening to Technically It Is Real on North Coast Underground. And for the people watching on Facebook Live, stick around, stay tuned. Don't change that dial anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the show. I am your host again, Tyrell Jackson, and we are still live Yes, the power has not gone out Since we've got everything uh, Back and running, back and kicking So, thank God for that That the sound I mean, the the, um, the electricity has not gone out Since then Yes, I know my laptop has low battery Thank you for telling me that um, So, let's get into it Week 17, baby Week 17 We got playoffs, baby We got playoffs on the line So, in the NFC Five teams have clinched their playoff spot. The Green Bay Packers, the Dallas Cowboys, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Los Angeles Rams, and the Arizona Cardinals. With the Packers, Cowboys, and... The Tampa Bay Buccaneers securing their division. Nobody else can come even close to touching it. The Rams could still lose the division if they lose uh, some games. If they, I think, if they just even if they go one and one and Arizona goes two and zero oh or one and one, I think Arizona would jump them. I don't see Arizona doing that. Um, if you go to the AFC side, only one team has clinched the, uh, their uh, playoff spot and clinched their division. That is the Kansas City Chiefs after starting off. Three and four through the first seven games, Kansas City Chiefs are on an eight-game winning streak. Eight games. And they are looking like the Kansas City Chiefs that we all expected uh, when the season first initially started. Um, So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Week 17. Let's start off with the Cleveland Browns versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Monday night football. And this is one of the more important games. For the Cleveland Browns. Now the Cleveland Browns cannot lose. We can win out and still miss the playoffs. We need to beat Pittsburgh and beat Cincinnati. And Cincinnati needs to lose to Kansas City in order for us to even have a shot of getting into the playoffs. We're not getting into the playoffs on a wild card round. I I, I don't think so. I don't think so. So how the Browns get in? Guarantee how the Browns get in. The Browns would get in if the Browns go 2-0. The Ravens will need to go 1-1. One one. We need to beat Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh can go 1-1, one and, one, and Cincinnati needs to go 0-2. So Cincinnati needs to lose against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they need to lose against us with the Ravens losing against the Los Angeles Rams in order for us to win a division and guarantee us a playoff spot and guarantee us a playoff home victory. I'm going to be real here for a minute because that's all we do here is keep it real, keep it 100 I don't want the Browns in the playoffs. I don't want us in the playoffs because we're going to be one and done. And this team sucks. It's not, I'm sorry. Our quarterback play sucks. I like our running game. When we decide to use it, I like our passing, not our passing game. Lord have mercy. I don't like our passing game. I love our defense. I love Joe Woods. I've been a huge proponent for Joe Woods. No doubt about it, but that's it. Like Baker Mayfield is bringing this whole team down. We're walking in 7-8. to eight. We should have beat the Packers. We should have beaten the, Oakland, the, the, Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Raiders. We should have done this, and we didn't do it. Now we got to play Pittsburgh in Pittsburgh, and you know they're angry. You think they forgot about that playoff game last year? No, they have not. They got embarrassed by the Cleveland Browns on their field. You don't think they remember that? And now they're going to be playing extra hard because they're talking about this is Big Ben's last game in Heinz Field, potentially. Uh, Last time these two teams faced was Halloween 15-10, where the Pittsburgh Steelers had won that game. Baker Mayfield walking in here with 2,800 yards and 15 touchdowns. Boo! Um, All the way through. Um, 16th ranked offense for the Cleveland Browns, 24th for the Pittsburgh Steelers. We are 27th in the past game. Steelers are 14th. And defensive wise, we are the 5th best defense, including the 8th best passing defense in the league. We are the 10th best defense in the league as well when it comes to rushing yards per game. Um, Points average, the Browns average about 21 points per game. The Steelers average 20 points per game. And the Browns give up 21 points a game. Actually, really 22 points a game while the Steelers give up 25 points per game. I have the Cleveland the Browns losing this game. It is Big Ben's last game at Heinz Field allegedly. This is them getting their vengeance on the football field that they got embarrassed by on national TV when it was the actually that was the highest-rated game of the year outside of the Super Bowl. And they got embarrassed like that on national TV. They are coming in hungry and ready to go the way the Browns should. Win the only way the Cleveland Browns Should win is what ladies and gentlemen Run the ball That's it Run the ball What should we do run the ball How should we win run the ball What should we do oh my god we should run the ball It's like rocket science To Kevin Stefanski sometimes What should we do run the ball Hand it off to Nick Chubb Hand it off to Dearness Johnson You got Felton Hand it off to him Run the ball. Get the ball out of the hands of Baker Mayfield. Play some AFC North football and run the ball. I drill it in the heads of, our, of my audience every single week because it's simple. Run the ball. 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 Very simple. Run the damn football. That's it. That's it. I don't want to see Baker Mayfield dropping back and passing it 25, 30 times. I don't want to see our wide receivers dropping the football. I don't want to see Juice looking stupid, looking like the Juice is really loose off of his route running. I don't want to see Donovan Peoples-Jones drop the ball. I don't want to see Anthony Schwartz running down the field just for Baker Mayfield not to throw it to him. I don't want to see one of our tight ends catch the ball. I don't want to see it. Baker Mayfield should pass it three times. Three times. That's it. just, Just throw a little... Little, little sprinkle of cinnamon in there or something like that. But Nick Chubb, Dearness Johnson, run the ball. You got three running backs on this team. Run the ball. That's what the Cleveland Browns should do, ladies and gentlemen. Run the goddamn football. It is not that hard. What the Cleveland Browns should do? Run the football. Run, 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 run the football. And if you run the football, the Cleveland Browns will win this game. If you don't run the football, congratulations. The Cleveland Browns won't win this game. Cleveland Browns will suck. I would sit back and say there's one player to watch out for. It would not be Najee Harris. It would actually be Deontay Johnson. He is their best wide receiver on that team. You better watch out for him. uh, He has 1,079 receiving yards to seven touchdowns. He's having a breakout year. Definitely a, a, a player that you want to watch out for in Dito Bell Burrito. Let's keep it in the AFC North as the Kansas City Chiefs go against the Cincinnati Bengals and the Bengals will bungle and they lost. I think Kansas City is too strong for the Cincinnati Bengals and they are, and Cincinnati is on. Uh, is facing a team that is on an eight-game hot win streak. They have gotten their offense together. Their defense has gotten better as the weeks have progressed. This team is absolutely phenomenal. Um, the Kansas City Chiefs are are the third best offense. Uh, Cincinnati's the ninth best offense, passing wise, they're about about even second and eighth. Uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs are second and eighth, and they're similar in the run game. I think if Cincinnati is going to win this game, they have to use Joe Mixon. They got to use Joe Mixon. They got to use Joe Mixon. Whether it's running the ball, whether it's it's uh, catching the ball out of the backfield, using them as a scat back. They have to get... Joe Mixon in control. Joe Mixon should have 100 and 100. 100 rushing yards, 100 passing yards. I think that's their best way to win and I think if you use Joe Mixon like that when it's time to hit him over the top with Jamar Chase, you can go ahead and do that because you're going to get the Honey Badger and and Sores to sneak up and stack the box because they want to try to stop Mixon as much as possible then that's when you hit him over the top with Jamar Chase or T. Higgins. Uh, I think that's the only way they can actually beat the Kansas City Chiefs but as a Browns fan, I am not hoping that they beat the Kansas City Chiefs, no way in heck. I need Kansas City to win this game. I'm actually going to be rooting for Kansas City, and I think Kansas City is going to win this game by a final score of 27 to 10. That's it. I think that defense has finally clicked, so I give them a 27 to 10. Yes, I know that the Kansas City Chiefs give up 21 points per game on the defensive side of the ball. But I think they can do a little bit better than that. And I think if they can stop Joe Mixon, if they can stop uh, Jamar Chase, maybe let let T. Higgins beat them off the run or whatever it may be, or let T. Higgins beat them in general in the passing game, I think that will um, end up happening. I, th- I think Kansas City got that one in the bag. Let's talk about the the Dallas Cowboys going up against the Arizona Cardinals that is a huge game because it's all about seeding and the Arizona Cardinals are trying to get back the NFC West but they're going to have a tough road against the Dallas Cowboys and and Mika Parsons and Travon Diggs I mean those two guys can ball those two guys can ball the last time these two teams faced was last year October 19th where the Arizona Cardinals beat them 38 to 10 but I think this is going to be a different thing because They face the Cardinals in October. And I have this thing about the Cardinals in in September, October, and early November. Best team in the league. After that, they collapse. They started off 7-0. They are now 3-5. They collapse every single year on the Cliff Kingsbury. I think they're one and done. I don't think they're as good as people make it out to be because guess what? It's the Cardinals and Cliff Cliff Kingsbury Cardinals. And you talk about... Look, the Cardinals is the 7th best ranked defense in the league, but they're going up against the best offense in the league. They are going up against Mika Parsons. They're going up against Trevon Diggs. Cardinals, you're trying to to get that division win. You're trying to get that division title that you let it slip out of your hands because you collapse every year. And guess what? You're not going to get it because I think Dallas is going to win this game. And I think Dallas blows them out. I think Dallas will actually flip that score from the last time they met. And Dallas will get 38 points and the Arizona Cardinals will get 10 points. I There's no doubt in my mind. Whatever it is, what it is. Final score there. Dallas wins that game. No LL doubts about it. And then we go back to the AFC North with the Baltimore Ravens going up against the Los Angeles Rams. And let's see what Matt Stafford we get. Let's see what Matt Stafford we get. Do we get the Matt Stafford that can sling the ball left and right and looking like a top three quarterback in the league? Or do we get the Matthew Stafford of last week where he throws three interceptions against the Minnesota Vikings and looks like a total bum? We will see for sure. Uh, when you look at the offensive stats, they're about even. Uh, the fifth bank, the fifth best ranked offense for the Baltimore Ravens going up against the seventh best ranked offense in the Los Angeles Rams. Um, the Ravens are actually ranked 12th in the league right now. Uh, in passing yards per game, while the Rams are ranked six. Both teams average about 27, well, actually, no, not both teams, excuse me. Uh, The Ravens average 23.7 points per game, while the Rams average about 28 points per game. But both teams are about dead even in points given up per game, with the Ravens giving up 23 points per game and the Rams giving up 21 points per game. Defenses, 15th ranked best defense. Uh, 15th-ranked best, uh, best defense for the Los Angeles Rams. The Baltimore Ravens are ranked at 25th. And the actually, the Baltimore Ravens is the worst passing defense in the league. They are the worst passing defense in the league, but that makes sense because they do have a lot of issues at the cornerback position, at the defensive back position in general. They're out, you know, like, what, two, three corners every, every game. And we don't know what's going to be – and I have not seen anything about um, – about uh Lamar Jackson playing potentially or anything like that. I know the Rams players have clear COVID protocol that was reported just about an hour ago and, and not only that, but look, the Ravens are on a four-game on a four-game skid. They're on a four-game skid while the Rams are on a four-game win streak. So, I mean, this is an opportunity for the Ravens to to knock off uh, a four-game skid and everything like that, but I think with the with the Rams to set the tone for the Rams, you just got to keep passing the ball. And I will say this about Cooper Cup real quick because I got the time to. Cooper Cup, I am. I, I, let me put a disclaimer out there right now. I am not sitting back and saying that Cooper Cup is at the level of a Jerry Rice, Randy Moss. Not yet. I think th- there's a lot of potential there and everything like that. I don't think he's there yet. But I will say this, I will say this, Cooper Cup is up there with them as far as route running. As far as route running, like Cooper Cup is the best route runner I've seen in my entire life. I will put him up there with Jerry Rice and Randy Moss and even Calvin Johnson as far as route running. When it comes to route running... Cooper Cup got some of the fastest feet I've ever seen from a wide receiver. There is no doubt about it. Like, Cooper Cup is just that dude, and I think Cooper Cup is going to break Calvin Johnson's record. Matter of fact, I think Cooper Cup, even though he is sitting there at 1734 receiving yards this year and 14 touchdowns, I think Cooper Cup will break Calvin Johnson's record, and I think Cooper Cup would get 2,000 receiving yards. I think Cooper Cup can be the first person to get 2,000 receiving yards in a game. I, I, I wouldn't doubt it at all. I see him having a 150-yard 100 yard game in this game, and I see him having another 150-yard game next week. Um, it's, it's, I think it's doable especially when you're facing against a, a team that gives up 280 uh, yards per um, per passing uh, game in a in in game for passing in the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I, I, think, I think this is a legitimate chance for Cooper Cup to break that 2,000 barrier for the first time in NFL history. I got the Rams winning this one. I got the Rams continuing on their five-game win streak, and they're, they're going to win by a final score of 35 to, to 32. I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think they're going to I don't think the Ravens are going to get blown out like they got blown out uh, last week and everything like that. I think that the the game gets, stays close and everything um with it, everything of that nature. Let's move on to the Miami Dolphins versus the Tennessee Titans and um, Tennessee they they're they 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 are on a on an up and down thing. They've lost 3 out of their last 5 games. Uh, going up against the Miami Dolphins' first team in NFL history to go on a seven-game losing streak and then proceed to go on a, a seven-game win streak. Dolphins on the, is one of the hottest teams right now, but the main question is, who the hell the Dolphins have played during the seven-game win streak? We don't know because they really haven't played a lot of good teams in that time span. This is a test to say that, hey, you know we can play and this is an opportunity for the dolphins to sit back and really help their playoff chances a whole lot better I, I said it in the spotify exclusive a couple of days ago that i think the afc north is going to determine where the miami dolphins are going to go because i don't think dolphins can win this game against the tennessee titans i think the tennessee titans are too good and a lot of people got to remember tennessee is playing for a division the colts is right there on tennessee hills Yes, Tennessee has two wins over the Colts, but the Colts can finish with a better record. If the Colts go two and zero and the Tennessee Titans go one and one or zero and two, that that's it. The Colts take that division title over over Tennessee. Um, I don't know. I, I I got I got Tennessee winning this game overall. When when I look at them, you know the Miami Dolphins is ranked twenty sixth in an offense. The Tennessee Titans are ranked seventeenth. The Dolphins' run game is atrocious at best. That's the best way I can describe the Miami Dolphins' run game. Um, the, the best way I can describe, describe both defenses, they're about even, especially in the rankings, 14th for the Tennessee Titans. The Miami Dolphins is ranked 17th. But also, the, the Tennessee Titans have the fourth worst uh, passing defense in the league. If they need to do anything, if Miami needs to do anything, they need to pass the ball. They just need to pass the ball. But I think that Tennessee's run game is still too strong. Even without Derrick Henry, I think their running game is too strong. And Ryan and Ryan Tannehill has proven me wrong when I have sat back and said, Hey, like, you know, Tannehill really ain't all that. If they rely on him, they might be in some trouble. They've relied on Tannehill pretty well, and Tannehill's done an excellent job. And I think I give a lot of credit. To also Mike Vrabel from not putting him in bad situations And I would take Tannehill over Baker Mayfield any day of the week Twice on Sundays So um, there's that I mean that is a huge game uh, I, I do got the Tennessee Titans winning that game, and then we're gonna see what really is gonna happen with the Miami Dolphins. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna continue to talk about this. We're gonna talk about the Indianapolis Colts and the, and the Las Vegas Raiders, and we're also I'm also gonna give my final thoughts and opinions. We'll be right back here on North Coast Underground. This is T I R. We technically it is real. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to the show. So let's talk about the Las Vegas Raiders versus the Indianapolis Colts real quick. Um, Both teams are trying to fight for a playoff spot right now. If the season ended today, the Indianapolis Colts will have the fifth seed, and they will play the Buffalo Bills. But the Colts are out, are not going to have Carson Wentz, and I think that is is vital. I, I have my different opinions on Carson Wentz. I mean, he's not having, like, the best year of his entire career but um he's definitely having a better year than he did in his last two years in philadelphia and i do think he adds to that team um as well i think that um with um with everything that's going on there i think they i don't think the coast would be in this position without carson Wentz at the end of the day yes carson Wentz makes a lot of mistakes but carson Wentz also makes up those mistakes as well um for me I I, I never really put the Las Vegas Raiders uh, in a winning position uh, in in my predictions because I always see Las Vegas as a team without any direction. They don't really have a head coach. They're inconsistent. They're up and down. Um, If Derek Carr has an excellent game, then the the Raiders win this game easily. But it's all about Hines and Jonathan Taylor for the Indianapolis Colts. It's plain and simple. you got to give Jonathan Taylor the ball. And just like with the Cleveland Browns, Indianapolis run the ball. That's it. You ain't got to do nothing else. And for the Cleveland Browns, what should we do? Run the goddamn on ball. Run the ball. That Very simple. Browns run the ball. Colts run the ball. Run the ball. Not hard at all to run the ball at all. Final score for me, if the Colts decide to run the ball and not decide to pass the ball, he should only pass the ball five times. That's it. Um, the Colts will win this game against the Las Vegas Raiders, but if the Colts want to pass the ball down the field, I got the Las Vegas Raiders winning this game, but the Colts need this win to stay in the division and also to stay in the playoff hunt. And if they lose this game, it's going to be a huge, huge loss for them. Uh, so show is almost over final thoughts real quick before we get to final thoughts real quick like i said you can listen to the replay of this show on spotify just type in technically it is real also you can listen to it on google podcast and anchor.com just type in technically it is real very simple you'll see the nice logo that is on there it is nice and clean and sleek it's better than the first logo i had i'll tell you that right now um, so yeah, if you want to go ahead and support the show, just type in technically it is real on the search bar in, in on Google, uh, on anchor and also on Google podcasts and on Spotify as well. Also follow the Twitter page at Tyrell W Jackson one on Twitter. There you will get the link to the note. Uh, there you would get, uh, my my initial reactions to certain news and everything. You definitely got my initial action to uh to the jobber of the week, which is Dr. Andrew McGregor for crapping on John Madden while he was uh, shortly after his passing. That guy sucks. He's the walking scum of Earth. Um, and disrespecting John Madden like that. Oh, I went on my full rant. The full rant won't be on Spotify because the power went out in the middle of the rant. I think I I think I probably did something supernatural, but um. Um, you know, it's just like, it's just one of those things where, you know, it's like, dude, he he passed away. John Madden is one of the nicest guys to ever walk God's green earth. And you use this time to slander that man's name. Use this time to, to do what? To get some clout and then you delete it because you can't take the backlash. Yeah. Get out of here with that mess right there. Uh, so anyway, yeah. Follow the page on Twitter at, tyrell w jackson one there you will see the link to the spotify account for technically it is real also you will get live updates on when those episodes go on the air uh, go on spotify and anchor and google podcasts and everything like that and to close out the show I will give you my three most played Maddens in honor of John Madden. The first most played Madden I've ever played was Madden 10. Like I said, I loved Madden 10. I loved everything about that game. The game had some flaws, like uh, receivers couldn't really catch the ball uh, close to the sideline. Um, there were some bugs in that. like I would I would catch the ball, take three steps, and they'll say out of bounds and then not challenge it. And they would be like, well, no, you still stepped." I'm like, dude, what are y'all looking at type thing? Uh, that's where Madden 12 got it right because they uh, got the ability to catch the ball on the sideline and everything like that um but madden 10 was like my one of my favorites i mean the the hit stick was still there uh if you wanted to cheat you had the rewind on there um i I thought it played smoothly the fight for the fumble feature was fantastic you they still haven't put that back into Maddens. they still haven't put it back in Maddens. madden madden 10 had had it going on with that fight for the fumble thing. I wish they bring that back. It's especially fun when you're playing against somebody like right next to you and y'all mashing the buttons and it, it doesn't just stay on one button, it changes the buttons and everything like that. Um, it was a little glitchy as far as how we, how that mini game started but the fact that that mini game was there, it was amazing. Um, I do miss the Madden moments you know, that, that came with, had, I think they had started out with Madden 09 but they had continued it with Madden 10. And the franchise mode for Madden 10, I thought it was uh, good, especially with the extra point, um, uh, show that they did with, uh, Fran, I was with Fran Charles, and, um, dang, it was Fran Charles, and, um, I can't, I can't remember the lady that was on there, it was, uh, Alex, Alex, um, I can't remember her last name, but yeah, they had, they had, like, a little, uh, thing called the extra point, it kind of reminded me of a, kind of a, like a watered-down thing that ESPN 2K5 used to do, but got to give him credit for that. I think that's the only Madden that has, like, the extra point in that as well. Um, my next most played Madden was actually um, – was actually madden 07 on the xbox i used to have the original xbox not the ps2 well i had the ps2 in my dad's house but the the one i usually played was madden 07 on the xbox i played that one on a consistent basis all the way up to like 2011 2012 i really didn't play anything else especially towards the end of my time regularly playing uh the xbox all i did was play was madden 07 i used to love that game so much and i actually opened up my old game files for Madden 07 on my Xbox, and um, let's just say, Tyrell, your host, did not know how to spell some things, like, I'm like, huh, I spelled it like that, then I remember, okay, I was also like, nine, ten years old at the time, so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, so, um, Madden 07 was definitely one of my favorites. And I, and, and right now, I'm, I am I currently play 12. I do not play the newer Maddens. I think the newer Maddens suck, and that's just a detriment to John Madden and his name himself. I've always felt that way, even before his death. I felt like, you know what, they need to stop calling it Madden if they're going to keep producing garbage content and keep worrying about microtransactions because John Madden would not have wanted that if he really understood what the hell was going on on his namesake uh, as well. Uh, Madden 25 was a good game as well. Um... I played that one a lot I think i will say Madden 25 was i said say Madden 12 was the last Very good to potentially great Madden Um, I would say Madden 25 was the last Playable Madden It was the last playable Madden Like Madden 17 was okay When they switched over to that Frostbite engine though It's been dead in the water since then and it's gotten worse. He even looks worse um, than that. Um, Madden, Madden 17. Okay, I would say Madden 25 was the last good Madden, but Madden 17 was the last playable Madden. That's just my opinion in that, in that regard. So, uh, this has been another edition of TIR. Technically, it is real. I want to say thank you all for listening to the show. For the people that are watching on Facebook Live. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in and watching the show. I do appreciate it. I appreciate all my listeners that have listened to the show both right now and the replays and everything like that. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it. This has, Again, I am Tyrell Jackson. This has been Technically It Is Real, and it has been real, and we're going to close you out with some more R.M.G. from the ground up. Happy New Year. Matter of fact, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, Five, four, three, two, one. Happy New Year's, everybody. That is going to be the next time we talk on this show, will be next year. So enjoy the New Year. Stay safe. Please stay safe. Don't drink and drive for the love of God. And stay safe. Close you out with some RMG. From the ground up, this is Tyrell Jackson signing off. This has been another edition of Technically It Is Real here on Spotify. I have been your host, Tyrell Jackson, and it has been real. Go Browns, Cavs, Guardians, and Fighting Irish. Thank you all for listening and see you soon.